Well, hey, I want to say uh, welcome to you as well. Uh, my name is Paul Mumaw, and uh, I have the pleasure of serving on the team here as lead pastor. And again, if uh, you're a guest and uh, maybe from out of town, a special welcome to you. And, and thanks for coming out at, at 530 on this Thursday night. Uh, uh, we've had some great time of worship. We're going to worship some more again in a few minutes. But uh, I'm excited uh, to be with you again. Merry Christmas. It, it's hard to believe that Christmas is just a couple of days away, but uh, trust that we're all excited about that. And I know we've got a lot of kids in the room tonight, and so you can help me out here with this. Who's excited about Christmas? Uh, do we got to just put your hand up in the air if you're pretty excited about this? All right. Yes, we've got lots of participation, lots of people uh, excited about Christmas. Who, uh, just few, uh, maybe a little bit more, just kind of see what kind of crowd we have tonight. Who's Who's traveling this year for Christmas, you know, and all right, and maybe that's part of the reason why you're here tonight, that's why we did Thursday night, so that you can hit the road tonight or tomorrow or Saturday or something, or or, or maybe you can't come on Saturday because you know that's going to be a really busy day, maybe you're not traveling. But how many of you have a lot of people coming to your house, all right? Anybody got that? And maybe you've got some food to cook, all right? Lots of things to do to get ready for Saturday or maybe to get ready for Sunday or something. But uh, Christmas is almost here. And uh, do you know how I know that to be true? Besides like the calendar, you know, I mean, because that, that kind of helps out things a little bit. But Christmas cards, all right? Uh, I've been at home at lunchtime the last two days, and so I've been the one to get to the mailbox to get all of the Christmas cards. I mean, we got six or seven yesterday, and we got seven or eight more today, and I know that it's almost Christmas because our pantry doors are covered with Christmas cards. Anybody else like that? I mean, we tape those cards up to see... Uh, it's interesting. I was reading an interesting uh, story just this past week. There's a story of a professor in Salt Lake City who just a few years ago uh, used Christmas cards to conduct a little experiment. And here's what he did. He mailed out 600 Christmas cards to people he didn't know. He randomly chose a group of people across America, sent them a card just to see what would happen. So again, these are people that he didn't know. Uh, He sends out these 600 cards. And do you know what? He actually received over 100 responses back from people that he didn't know who had received his Christmas card. And some of the responses were pretty interesting as I was reading in this story. One person wrote back and said, hey, it was great to hear from a longtime friend. You know, we should talk again soon. Another person wrote back and said, hey, great to hear from you. We're going to be in Salt Lake City this summer. Maybe we'll run into each other. And uh, so it's just kind of fun stuff. But, you know, there are all sorts of Christmas cards. How many of you sent out a Christmas card this year in some form or another? Okay, lots of people. We didn't get there this year. We, we just kind of gave ourselves permission a week or two ago and said, you know what? We're not going to get it done this year, but it's okay. Christmas will still go on without the Moomaw Christmas card. But, you know, I was thinking there are all sorts of Christmas cards. And just kind of looking at some of the cards that we've received, you know, there's the traditional card. All right, just, you know, kind of the greeting card. You open it, there's a, a, a nice message, a, a sleigh ride picture or the manger scene or something. And then there's the, uh, the, the family novel, you know, where you get like a four or five page letter about like every ingrown toenail and, you know, hey, Johnny got all of his vaccinations this year and, you know, just detail after detail. And that's fun to read. And then there's the Christmas portrait card and, and the most popular. And we like to see how kids are growing. Growing. We like to see how families are changing and everything. Well, I thought it'd be kind of fun. Have you, have you heard of this website that's out there called awkwardfamilyphotos.com? You, you've heard of that? Well, I got on this site the other day and I was looking at it and I was looking at, believe it or not, there are some awkward Christmas family photos on that site too. And, and you know, what's this site made up of? Well, as you can imagine, it's just a collection of family photos that are, well, 
just a little awkward. And on that site, too, they've got all of these Christmas cards that have been sent out by various families over the years that are, well, they're just a little interesting, like this one right here, you know? I mean, um, you know, nothing says Merry Christmas, you know, like getting a nutcracker outfit and, you know, posing for a picture. Uh, or how, how about this one? Uh, this, this is kind of typical, isn't it? You know, we, everybody's always looking at their phone. Everybody's always texting or whatever. So Merry Christmas from this family. I, I don't know what this family was thinking. Um, you know, maybe sometimes you have an idea and you ought to just really keep it to yourself, you know. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know if this is really a Christmas card, but I just thought I couldn't believe that it actually took place. And so I, I had to share it with you. There's this one here, too. Um, evidently, this family all dressed up in their pajamas. I hope this guy's wearing pants. That, that's my only hope. But, but here's a Christmas card this family sent out, and then the next one. Uh, this was this was actually I've seen in more places than one. This is the mayor of San Juan, Puerto Rico, and this was the card that he sent out uh, to all of his family and friends this year. So that was kind of interesting. But, but how about this one, this next one here? Oh, there's the Genesis staff. How about the Genesis staff, you know? Uh, no, but on a serious note, I, I do want to just take a moment uh, on behalf of our, our team here at Genesis, which we've got a phenomenal team, and, and say Merry Christmas. Um, you know, we love serving this church, and we count it a great blessing uh, to be here, to be a part of the work of helping people find their way back to God in this community. And uh, so, you know, maybe you're new and you have no idea who those people are in that picture, but maybe you're around here most weeks with us. Uh, I want you to know that we love you, and uh, we're praying for you. Uh, we love serving Jesus with you, and, and Merry Christmas uh, on behalf of, of all the staff here at Genesis Church. And so, just wanted to pass that along. But uh, we, we talked a moment ago about who's excited about Christmas. Who's excited to open presents? That's the real question, right? All right. Okay, we got lots of people around the room that are excited about presents. And, and you know, really, who doesn't get excited about those? Well, tonight, I want to talk with you about a few of the gifts that I believe that God wants to give to us in Jesus Christ. Uh, that there is a gift, that there are gifts uh, that He has offered to us, that He's made available to us in Jesus because Christmas reminds us Christmas reminds us that God's gift to us is Jesus Christ and again his gift to us in Jesus includes a number of different promises and so I want to share three gifts with you tonight and if you're taking notes you can follow along with us in these again these are three gifts that you don't have to wait until Christmas day to open in fact they're gifts that are available to you tonight and I believe that God might just have in mind for some of you to open those gifts even for the first time here this evening. Uh, if you've got a Bible, I want to invite you to take your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 2 with us. Uh, Luke chapter 2. Uh, Luke 2 is the most famous or well-known account of the, the telling of the Christmas story from uh, Luke's words. If you don't have a Bible, we'll have it up on the screens. And, and if you don't have a Bible and you would like one, we'd love to give you one as a gift tonight. Uh, back at our info hub after the service, we'll give you one as you're going. Um, just ask for it. It's there. It's there for you. And you can have that and you can bring it back with you uh, when you come. But Luke chapter 2, and maybe find your way over to verse 9. The writer Luke here, he, he spends a lot of time talking about the shepherds, these shepherds that were out in the fields uh, and unknown to them, uh, this great angelic team was about ready to appear to them. But, but these shepherds are out for the night and they're not only out for the night, but they're out around the clock for that matter, caring for and protecting these sheep. And, and so let's pick it up in Luke chapter two, beginning in verse nine. Here, here's how he writes it. He says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy 
that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Now, here's what I want you to do with me. I want you to try and picture, if you would, these shepherds, all right, out in the fields, all right, it's been a really long day and maybe it's a chilly night and so maybe there's a fire going, you know, maybe they're chewing on some jerky or something, someone's playing a harmonica, something like that. And hey, let's just recognize this. These shepherds are not the most popular men in Israel, all right? These shepherds, they, they didn't make the most. All right, and so on the economic ladder, they were sort of at the bottom, and and socially, they they were considered awkward, uh, outcasts. It didn't take much. It didn't take much education uh, to be a shepherd, and they couldn't live up to the Jewish religious customs of the day either. Why? Well, because they were out in the fields all the time taking care of sheep, and even if they were close to a place of worship, they really couldn't get there that often to fulfill the customs. But but I like I like to point out, and I just think this is so cool that that God's good. You know, God is so good because he doesn't measure people by how much money you have or how much money you don't have. He doesn't measure people by what they wear. He doesn't measure people uh, how others might perceive you or, or what your neighbors or, or people around you might think of you. But our God is for all people. I mean, he is good and he is for all people. And he appears to these nobody shepherds and he makes this great announcement. And through his angel, through his messenger, he says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid because today a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. And and as we read this announcement, I want you to see here tonight that there is one gift. There's one gift that we see here that you can immediately embrace in your life this evening. You you don't have to wait until Christmas Day to open this present. And and, and kids, I'm going to need some help here. And I know, again, that we've got a lot of kids in the room tonight. God offers us a gift tonight in Jesus Christ. He offers us a gift this Christmas. Kids, I want you to help me out. What's this word say? Security. All right, let's all say it together. Security. All right, this is the first gift uh, that God offers to us in Jesus. He offers this gift of security. And I want you to see the angel's statement again. What does the angel say? Do not be afraid. Really, this angel is speaking here in matters of security. Do not be afraid. God offers you and me this gift of security. And I want you to know that it's a gift that you can open up in your own life, uh, even tonight. You know, the, the gift of security got me thinking about some things. It got me thinking about some of those things that I think we're all guilty of. We're all guilty of looking to these things in the world, other things around us for our security. We've all got these security devices in our lives, right? You know, we, we've all got these security blankets of sorts that we latch on to. And it doesn't matter how young or how old you are. You know, one of the security blankets that my kids latched on to was, well, a blanket. All right. Uh, how many of you have a blanket? How many of you have a special blanket that you sleep with? And and if you're, yeah, we've got some adults too. I mean, be honest. If you've still got that blanket, or maybe you adopted another blanket along the way. Well, my each of my kids ha- had a security blanket. I want to show you a picture of my son Luke. Uh, this was Luke, and I- I'm guessing he was probably around one year old at the time. And uh, Luke loved his blanket. And he loved it like crazy. And it was so funny. It was so cute that we could all be together in the living room. And all of a sudden, Luke would disappear. And and Jenny and I, we'd watch him leave the room. And he'd be gone for a few minutes. And you'd go looking for him after a while. And, well, you'd get into his room and you'd find him at his bed. And there he was with that blanket. You know, it just, life is good. You know, nothing can happen. Nothing can shake him, you know, when he's got that blanket. And Luke used to remind us of that Charlie Brown Christmas character. Who is he? 
Linus. Yeah, we all know Linus. We love Linus. We love the Charlie Brown Christmas special, one of my favorites, and and I assume that most everyone has seen that special before. Well, if you've seen it, uh, you've seen that part where Linus comes out onto the stage to recite Luke chapter 2, a portion of Luke 2, the account that we looked at just a moment ago. Um, I want you to watch this clip. And I know you've seen it before. I want you to pay attention to something that happens here in a second. I want you to see if you can catch it. What happens when Linus says those words, do not be afraid. Watch watch this. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. They were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Did you see it? Did you catch it right there at that moment? And then that particular translation that he was reciting, he said, Fear not, and then he dropped his blanket. And it was so cool. I heard somebody talking about that the other day, and, and I don't know if the creators of this particular special did that on purpose. I, I have a feeling there probably was some intention in that. But the moment he says, Do not be afraid, he drops his blanket. And it got me thinking about all the different things that we embrace, that we latch on to, you know, that I embrace these security blankets in our lives. I mean, what are they? Well, for many people, it's money. You know, for many people, it's investments or 401ks. You know, maybe for you, it's your stuff. You know, it's a particular car, it's a house or it's possessions. You know, for some people, it's a relationship, the security that comes with being in a relationship or not in a relationship, you know. But what do we see here? Out of the mouth of a cartoon character comes the truth of Scripture. Do not be afraid. And in that moment, Linus drops his most treasured prize. You know, for me, Christmas is God's way of reminding us of His love and His security that's available to all people. His gift to us, His gift to you and me tonight is His security. And it's a gift that you don't have to wait until Christmas to open. God's gift of security is available to you as a free gift here tonight. Well, now this angel appeared to the shepherds and again said these words, do not be afraid. And we see that same phrase nine months earlier, just a few paragraphs before Luke chapter 2. It's when the angel came to visit Mary, all right, to speak of of this birth. And and I want you to look at the words of the angel uh, to Mary in Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 30. It says this, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid. There are those words again. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you're going to give him the name Jesus and he will be the great one. He he will be called great, the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And so this angel comes to Mary and says, do not be afraid. But hey, let's just be honest. Mary is probably 13, 14, maybe 15 years of age at the most. She's discovered that she's pregnant that she's going to give birth to the Savior of the world. She's never been with a man. She's a virgin. I mean, is it any wonder that a girl like this would be terrified by such an announcement? 
All right. I mean, she's probably thinking, what am I going to tell Joseph? How am I going to explain this to my parents? I mean, do I have what it takes? I mean, can I really get through something like this? I mean, there's a lot of fear in her life. And the angel of God says, do not be afraid. Why? Because Mary, the savior of the world is coming. The savior, Jesus Christ is coming into this world. You ever get scared? You ever get a little frightened? I, I was thinking about a, a time, it was about a year and a half ago when I was scared. And, and I know this is kind of funny, but um, how, how many of you have ever been to Disney World before? All right, we, all right lots of people have been to Disney World. Well, about a year and a half ago, our, our family uh, went to Disney World. And Disney, obviously, now is so much more than the Magic Kingdom. It's Hollywood Studios, uh, it's Animal Kingdom, it's Typhoon Lagoon. And there's this place called Blizzard Beach. And Blizzard Beach is the water park of all water parks. I mean, you have to go there. And, well, let me just tell you about this time when I was afraid. So about a year and a half ago, we went to Blizzard Beach. I had been there as a teenager. Well, at Blizzard Beach, they have this water slide called Summit Plummet. All right? And Summit Plummet is the world's tallest and one of the world's fastest water slides. And, and it's, well, you get up to the top. It's 12 stories tall. All right, and you get in this chute here, and and when you drop, you reach speeds of 50, if not max out at 60 miles per hour. Well, I had done it as a teenager, and so it's a year and a half ago, and I make my way up to the top, and I'm confident this is going to be fun. I've done this before, and then I get in the thing, and I just kind of peer over the edge, and I think to myself, why am I doing this? Like, what am I trying to prove here in this moment? And my heart is racing, my heart's pounding, and here's the problem. I can't get out because I've got kids behind me, all right? And not only kids, but women, you know? And, and so I am stuck here in this water slide, and the guy's about ready to raise this lever, and I'm thinking, you know, what, again, what have I got in myself? Well, before you know it, I am gone, and it only takes a second or two to reach the bottom. And let me tell you, it is the wedgie of all wedgie water slides. I mean, Summit Plummet is just like that. It is a thrill. Anybody ever done Summit Plummet before? Anybody? All right, we've got a couple people that have, have been on that adventure before. Hey, Sometimes can, life can be a little frightening, right? And, and we're not talking about rides and, and water slides either. I mean, you know, but you reach those places in your life where you don't know what's ahead and, and things are a little unpredictable, maybe out of control. I mean, some of you are here tonight and probably the best word that you could use to describe the situation that you find yourself in right now is chaotic or maybe out of control or a little unclear or something, you know. And you don't know how you're going to get through. I mean, let's just all agree that life can be like that at times. But, but do you know how the angel of the Lord comes to Mary and says, Do not be afraid. A Savior is coming to the world. He is Jesus Christ. He is Christ the Lord. Well, tonight, I want you to know, I want to proclaim to you that there is good news for you in your life, whether you're afraid or not. No matter what's going on in your life or around your life right now, no matter how bad you feel like you've messed up, no matter how horrible 2011 has been or how uncertain 2012 looks for you, you don't have to be afraid because Jesus Christ was born and He is Christ the Lord and He came to this world. He was born into this world for you. He is God's gift to you. And you can receive His gift of security in your life tonight. And what, what has you afraid tonight? I, you know, maybe for some of you right now, it's an addiction. I mean, you're a battling an addiction in your life and 
You just need to know that you don't have to be afraid that Jesus Christ, he provides that way to victory, even victory over an addiction. Maybe, maybe some of you are here tonight and your biggest fear right now is yourself because you're concerned about what you're capable of, what you're capable of doing to yourself or maybe to others. Well, Jesus was born for you. He's God's gift for you. Maybe, maybe for you, you're afraid of your marriage right now because you know that your marriage is a mess and you don't know how you're going to get through it. You know, Jesus can fix that mess. He can fix that mess in your life. Maybe it's a troubled pregnancy or, or you can't get pregnant. I want you to know that Jesus Christ, He's greater than those troubles. You know, maybe your fear right now is for your kids and maybe especially if your kids have become teenagers or especially if that kid has got, received a driver's license, you know, that you can have faith and you can have confidence and you can trust God and He can give you security. Maybe your fear tonight is your eternity and you have no idea what the other side of life really holds for you. I want you to know that Jesus offers us the gift of security. You know, this Christmas, you have the opportunity to go before God and acknowledge the fears in your life and maybe lay those fears down before Him and receive His gift of security. And I want you to know that this gift of security doesn't mean that you won't face hard times. The Bible never promises us that. But it does promise that He will be there for you through it all that our God will be there, that, that, that He will be with you. I mean, it's why we call Him Emmanuel. He is God with us. And He will be there for us through it all. And His security is a free gift that's available to you tonight. But uh, there's another gift uh, that you and I, that we can open tonight. And, and again, kids, I need your help on this. Uh, what's it the gift of? Joy. joy. All right, way to go. It's the gift of joy, God's free gift of joy that's available to us. Now, here's the problem with the word joy. I know it's kind of a churchy word, you know, and, it, and it's kind of a Christmas sort of word. And so if it's too churchy for you, then, then maybe think happy or, or think peace or, or think fulfilled or think satisfied. I mean, each of those words is wrapped up in this word, this word joy. Now, true or false? I'll just say this. Can, can we say that Christmas is one of those times of the year where we're more prone to look out into other people's lives and other people's homes and other people's families and say, hey, what they've got, I wish I had. Like, if I had that, you know, then I'd be happy. You know, if I had this, you know, then I'd be happy, then I'd be satisfied, then I'd be okay. I mean, uh, how, how many of you made out a, a Christmas wish list this year? All right, any of you make out a Christmas wish list? Maybe send a, a Christmas wish list to Santa. Well, I did some shopping today. I ventured over to Walmart really early this morning before it got crowded. And I went looking for what I've heard are some of the more popular Christmas gifts that kids have been talking about this year. And, and for the girls, and I had my little girl with me, so it was really tough to do this shopping when she discovered that these weren't for her. But uh, maybe for you, uh, you'd get excited about the Zuzu Princess Castle. Anybody get excited for something like this? All right, we got a few people uh, getting excited about this maybe. Well, you know, there's always the classic Barbie. I mean, you can never go wrong with a Barbie, right? I mean, my little girl thought that was pretty cool. But, but how about for the fellas? Um, Beyblades, right? This is a popular gift this year. Yeah, my boys talk a lot about Beyblades. Or how about this? I think this one's really cool. Um, this is the Nerf 10-disc pump-action blasting vortex Praxis. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got this on their wish list, even adults. Um, or, you know, maybe you get excited about the, the Razor scooter, you know, but hey, what tops this? Those, those battery-powered ones, you know, where you don't any longer have to push off with your own feet. You know, they do all the work for you. That's, that's what's going wrong with our country today. So we've all got lists, right? All right? 
We've all got lists. Kids got lists. But you know what? We adults have them too. All right? This pattern continues in our lives, you know, even as we age. It's a continual pattern. And we have this habit for looking to other things to fill the holes, uh, to fill the emptiness in our lives. What is it for you? I mean, for some people, it's that constant pursuit of success. If I could just achieve success, if I could just make the team, if I could just make the honor roll, make the dean's list, life would be great if I could get into that school or if I could get into that program, if I could get that job or that promotion or make that much or even get that bonus. If this, well, then I'd be happy. Then I'd be satisfied. Then I'd finally be fulfilled. And we do this in our relationships too. We do this, you know, with our need for love. And so if you're not seeing someone, you know, well, then it becomes if I was seeing someone or if I was married, well, then I'd be happy. Or when you get married, it doesn't really change because it's then, well, if I could have kids or if we could have one more kid or have a four bedroom home, then I'd be happy. I mean, do you see how it doesn't change? You know, and then even as we age, because, well, if I could only retire this year, if there were enough money, or if I could have all of my children and all of my grandchildren with me on this Christmas, then if this, then I'd be happy. I mean, we go looking to fulfill this emptiness in our life with all these things. And some are very good. But here's the truth. The Christmas story is the story of joy. It's the story of satisfaction and fulfillment and purpose. Come into this world. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 says it like this, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of what? Great joy that will be for who? All people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Friends, God's gift to you is Jesus Christ. I mean, it is the reason for Christmas. He is our gift of joy and happiness. And it's a happiness that, that doesn't mean you're in a good mood all the time or that things are necessarily going great, but it's a joy, it's a sense of peace that you can experience in your life, whether life is good or even when life doesn't really seem to make sense. It's a joy that can coexist in your pain and your struggle and your hardships. His joy, the joy that God offers to us is about what happens in us. It's not necessarily dependent on what's going on around us in our lives. And notice again what the words say. You know, the words of Scripture say, a Savior has been born to you. And those are really important words to hear as the Bible teaches us that we've all missed the mark. Every single one of us has missed the mark. We've all fallen short of the standard that God had set for us. We've all sinned. We've all failed. Every single one of us. But God gave us a Savior in Jesus Christ so that when you place your faith in Him, when you place your trust in Him, you're not only forgiven, but we get this new start in life. And no matter what you've done, you know, you can move forward with confidence because of the grace and the peace that comes to us through God. And that grace and peace, the grace and peace that God offers to us in Jesus, it can be yours tonight. It's a gift available to us that you don't have to wait to open. You don't have to wait to open this gift. God's gift of joy is available to you in Jesus. 
don't know if you've ever heard of Evil Knievel or not, and uh, this may date some of you, some of us. Uh, maybe you recognize a picture like this. I, I was reading a story about Evil Knievel, and, and chances are that if you don't know who he is, maybe you know something about his name or something. I remember as a kid, we'd make jumps for our bikes, all right, and then we'd refer to each other as Evil Knievel. And so, um, again, I didn't really know who he was, but, but I saw him on TV as a kid. Well, Evil Knievel was a real daredevil. I mean, that's what he was known for. He made a living out of performing all of these crazy stunts and making all of these crazy jumps on a motorcycle. One of his most famous was jumping on his motorcycle off a ramp over the fountains at Caesar's Palace, and he wrecked. I mean, and it was nasty. He was in a coma for 30 days, all right? But, but people love him. They loved him because, again, he was a true daredevil. And well, did you know that Evil Knievel holds the Guinness world record for the most broken bones in his body at one time? How would you like to be known for something like that, all right? Uh, that's just one of those things that he was known for. He was this tough dude, and in addition to all of the money and the glamour and the success that he enjoyed on TV, he was one wild dude. And he professed this later in life. His life was full of alcohol use, gambling, lots of women, anything and everything. He once said that one of the greatest compliments that he ever received was from a manager at the Caesar's Palace who said, you're the biggest gambler that Vegas has ever seen. Well, toward the end of Evil Knievel's life, he he suffered a painful battle with cancer. And and just a few years ago, before he died, and, and I was reading this story and watching some clips on YouTube this past week, what you may or may not know is that before he died, he, he began this spiritual journey. He went on this spiritual journey where every day he was reading his Bible and he was reading books like The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. And, and, and honestly, it was a journey that he'd really been on for a long time. But, but towards the end, he, he's reading these things. And just before he died, he appeared on a national TV program. And again, I watched the clip of this this past week. And he talked about how he had surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. And, and for Evil Knievel, it was a deep personal decision. And Part of his going on TV was so that he could make a statement to the world that his life had changed forever. And it went something like this. You know, I've accomplished a number of things. I've made a number of jumps. I've accomplished, I've conquered a number of feats in my life. But nothing, nothing has ever come close to the satisfaction and the fulfillment that I have found in Jesus Christ as my Savior. I mean, the greatest jump that he ever made, the ever greatest leap he ever made of faith was a leap of faith to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord. And you know, I want you to know that you can experience his joy, Christ's joy, and his happiness in your life too by placing your faith in Jesus and trusting in the child who was born into this world where you can experience that same joy and that same satisfaction and the peace that only God can bring into your life. Finally, one last gift before we wrap up that God offers to us in Jesus Christ. What's this one here? Say it nice and loud. Hope. It's the gift of hope that God offers to us in Jesus. And we all need hope, right? Uh, If you're a Colts fan, you need some hope right now. Yeah? They're playing tonight. We'll see what happens. I I went to the game this past weekend. It was brutal. All right. It's hard to believe that we're rooting for a 1-13 team, you know, after so many years of success. But I don't know where your hope is with the Colts or if your hope's in Peyton Manning that he's healed and can be strong again and can come back. I mean, maybe your hope's in a first-round draft pick, you know, that first pick. Maybe Andrew Luck, you know, or maybe your hope's in Bill, Bill Polian and trading that pick for some other picks. Or maybe your hope is, you know, in a coaching change. I don't know what it is, but, you know, we, we all need hope. 
We all need hope in our life. And, and the truth is that with Christmas here, I know there's a pretty good chance that some of you have walked in here tonight and you're pretty low on hope right now. And you really don't know where you go from here. And maybe your body is failing. Maybe you're challenged with a disease or an illness. Maybe you're, you're facing Christmas alone. You're missing somebody this year. Maybe you've gone through a nasty breakup or a divorce. You know, maybe you can't be with your loved ones this Christmas. And, and you know that the loneliness thing is a really, really real thing. Or maybe for you it's just the fear of not knowing what the future holds. And with everything with the economy and terrorism and war, you just don't know where to place your hope right now. Well, our answer of hope comes in Luke chapter 2, verse 12, when Luke writes this, This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Friends, my hope is in the baby. My hope is in Jesus Christ. Uh, the hope of this church is in the baby. It's in the baby that we saw in the video you know, just a few minutes ago. It's in Jesus Christ. The question is, is, where's your hope? Where's your hope tonight? Do you see? Do you understand? Are you ready to embrace God's gift to you? Let's pray. And as we pray right now, I just want to say to you that He is real, that Jesus was sent to this earth by God, and that you know, He didn't stay a baby forever. He grew to be a man, and as a man, He gave His life on the cross, and He died and was buried, but He didn't stay in that tomb, and He rose on the third day, and He lives today so that we can have hope. And because He has defeated sin and death, you can have hope. My hope is in Christ. Is He your hope tonight? We, God, I, I pray tonight for those that are here in this room who are afraid. I pray for those who are here in this room tonight that would describe their life as that of chaos. Or maybe for others, individuals, a single who has come here tonight and are just really feeling hopeless. And as we pray, and if that's you, if that describes you in any way tonight, I want you to know with confidence that God's gift to you is Jesus Christ. And that gift offers you security, joy, and hope that you can find in no one else. Lord God, I want to pray for those who are here tonight who know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And for them, uh, these gifts are received in a different way tonight as they are reminded of the truths and the power of Scripture, that Jesus Christ came, that He is the Savior of the world. And that same Savior that we received in our lives, Lord, that He is still the one that can bring security when we're afraid. He is still the one that can bring us joy when we don't feel like we have any joy in us. And He is the Savior that promises us hope if we in any way feel like we're living a hopeless life right now. God, I pray that um, You would encourage us. I pray that uh, we would sense You and feel You in our heart and our lives tonight and we can be encouraged as we look to this Christmas, the reminder that You sent Your Son, You sent Your gift to us in Jesus Christ and we will never again be the same. And God, I want to pray for those who are here with us tonight that don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And, and maybe they've come with a family member tonight. Maybe they've been coming for a while now. Um, you know, God, you know their heart and you know where they are. And I pray that they would know and understand tonight that they are loved by you and that you sent Jesus Christ to this world for their life so that they could have it abundantly and have that life to the full. 
And as we pray right now, and with every head bowed and every eye closed in this room, if, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you want to receive that gift in your life tonight, you can. And I don't know why you'd put it off any longer. I mean, the joy and, and just the awesome privilege of being able to receive Him as Savior, as Lord. I, I want to give you that opportunity tonight. Again, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I mean, no one's looking around. Just If you want to receive Jesus Christ into your life tonight, maybe just slip your hand up where you are right now. And you don't have to be ashamed or embarrassed in doing that. And no one's looking around. I'm not going to call you out by name. But just by raising your hand, you're saying, I want Jesus Christ as my Lord. I want Him as my Savior. And if that's you and that's where you find yourself tonight, just pray this prayer with me. Lord God, thank You for Your gift in Jesus. I want to receive His forgiveness in my life tonight. Give me, give me security. Give me joy. And give me hope in You. And God, we thank You for Your promises because they are good and they never end. And thank You for those prayers that are being offered up to You tonight. And we celebrate them and we celebrate You. And we celebrate Jesus, our Savior. In His name we pray. Amen. Amen.